the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci, and I'm so glad you could join me on the program, Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about. We talk about God. We talk about the historical Jesus. We talk about the Bible. We talk about worldviews and world religions. As I like to state, we talk about the past history, we talk about the future prophecy, and we talk about the here and the now. And if you'd like to join me on the program, the number is 303-873-1935. Feel free to pick up your phone, dial the number 303-873-1935, and producer Jim will pick up the phone. He'll ask you what your question is. We will make every effort to get your question on the program. And uh, I've got a few things that I wanted to talk about today, including a headline that appeared at faithwire.com about a Mississippi man who made national headlines for tearing down and beheading a satanic display in the Iowa State Capitol. Well, he's being charged with a hate crime which I think is very, very interesting. And the reason why I think it's interesting is what exactly does he hate? Who does he hate? And why does he hate them? And, oh, by the way, did his act of vandalism, did it stem from a deep hatred for Satan or for Satanists? So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. But I want to read from the American Minute. These are notable events of American significance, remembered on the date that they occurred by William J. Federer, and he writes for today's date. Interesting. He says, quote, $5 was all she was paid by the Atlantic Monthly Magazine for her poem, The Battle Hymn of the Republic. It was published February 1st, 1862, the Union's theme song during the Civil War, Julia Ward Howe wrote it while visiting Washington, D.C. and seeing the teeming military, galloping horses, countless campfires. And sleeping unsoundly one night, she wrote these words, quote, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Julia Ward Howe continued, I have read a fiery gospel writ in burnished rows of steel as ye deal with my contemners, so with you my grace shall deal. Let the hero, born of woman, crush the serpent with his heel. 
since God is marching on. The next verse stated, He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. And then Julia Ward Howe's poem concluded, In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. Let us die to make men free while God is marching on. What's interesting about that song and that statement and how's final verse, she's basically not just suggesting, but actually celebrating the idea that there's something worth dying for. Several people have made the statement, if it's not worth living for, it's not worth dying for. And so, interestingly enough, it should cause you to ask this question. What is worth living for? What is worth dying for? Interesting, interesting, interesting. And um, as I was thinking about that, there were a couple of things that came to my mind. You know, Elizabeth Elliot recently went to be with the the Lord. Her husband, uh, Jim Elliott, was a martyr in South America. He was preaching the gospel. And she said that there's nothing worth living for unless it is worth dying for. And Leonard Ravenhill famously said, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? Interesting. 303-873-1935. Tom Robbins said, there are many things worth living for. There's a few things worth dying for. And then he said, nothing worth killing for. But yet, again, is there something worth Killing for? I guess it all depends on what you mean by killing, doesn't it? 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. And I was talking a little bit about um, the story that has been released about this man who destroyed the satanic statue. Now, again, what's interesting to me, he hasn't been charged just simply with a vandalizing crime. So you may or may not know this, but uh, the man who um, committed the so-called crime is a Navy veteran, And in December, this was a long while back, 
the satanic temple put up a temporary holiday Satan, or dare we use the term, holiday satanic display in the Iowa State Capitol. And on December 14th, Michael Cassidy of Mississippi beheaded the cloaked ram-headed idol at the center of the display and then threw its head into a nearby garbage can. And then Michael Cassidy turned himself into the police at the Capitol after destroying the display, which included a satanic altar. And then he was initially charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief. And this month, after assessing damage costs, law enforcement uh, officials escalated his charge to a Class D felony. Um, It was reported by KCCI of Des Moines, quote, court documents say the cost to replace or repair the property is between $750 and $1,500. They also show that the act was committed in violation of individual rights under Iowa's hate crime statute. How interesting. So the Polk County attorney attorney's office said that there was evidence that Cassidy destroyed the property because of the victim's religion, which enhances the charge. The victim's religion? Satanism. How do we think about this new charge? A hate crime against Satanism. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. If you want to join me on the program, I was talking about a, an, an interesting case in Iowa. The Polk County attorney has charged Michael Cassidy with, um, with well, um, a hate crime. And so according to KCCI of Des Moines, they reported that um, the evidence was clear that he destroyed the property because of the victim's religion, which enhances the charge. What is the victim's religion? He's a Satanist. And so Michael Cassidy's arraignment is February 15th. And if convicted under current Iowa state law, he could face up to five years in prison and extensive fines. And so Michael Cassidy told Republic Sentinel shortly after his actions in the Iowa Capitol, he said, quote, I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so I acted, unquote. And he, and he said, quote, the world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment. Now, I'm wondering if that's true. Let's take his statement a little bit at a time. The world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan. 
So, so pause in that. In other words, the Bible itself says the whole world lies in the lap of Satan. So is Satan real? And dare I use the term legit, not in the sense of is it a legitimate religion and should people be allowed to worship Satan with the express religious goal of undermining or dare I use the term articulating and then fulfilling Satan's ultimate plans and purposes. What are Satan's ultimate plans and purposes? And is it a good idea to advocate for Satan's plans and purposes? So he basically said, is it a good idea for the government of the United States of America to sanction satanic altars inside of Capitol buildings under the auspices of plurality of religions and the right of everyone to do whatever it is that they want. So after Michael Cassidy destroyed this satanic display, thousands of people donated to a fundraiser to help cover his legal fees. Um, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel and Attorney Davis Yance is representing Cassidy in court. And the Sentinel reported previously, quote, my client was motivated by his faith to peacefully protest a display that is a direct affront to God. Yance told the Sentinel, he said, when others, including elected leaders, were unwilling to act, he peacefully removed the display. Now, again, his attorney said he peacefully removed the display by cutting off its head and throwing it in the trash. (laughs) But the attorney said, it's my hope that the citation will be dismissed when my client's actions are understood, that he will not face prosecution because of his faith. But now things are escalating. Things are escalating. And when I think about this, this escalation, this escalation to a hate crime, there's a a number of other interesting um, facets, if you want to use that term, which makes me think about Questions that I've been asked, like, does God love Satan or does God hate Satan? And um, according to Lynn Hicks, who's a spokesperson for the Polk County Attorney's Office, She said in a statement, quote, evidence shows the defendant made statements to law enforcement and the public indicating he destroyed the property because of the victim's religion. And then it goes on and it says that the statement on the matter recounts an alleged event that unfolded on December 14th. It says, Mr. Cassidy dismantled the Baphomet altar at the Iowa State Capitol, destroyed the headpiece, 
based on information from the victims, the cost to replace or repair the property is about seven hundred fifty to fifteen hundred dollars. That would amount to make the offense a third degree criminal mischief, aggravated misdemeanor, according to the Iowa State Code, and it mentions the the the, the code um, location. But then the charge rises to third-degree criminal mischief and violation of individual rights after Cassidy purportedly said he destroyed the monument because of the victim's religion, a Class D felony punishable by no more than five years behind bars with fines. And Michael Cassidy explained his actions. He basically said, well, we shouldn't tolerate Satan. And then after learning on social media, the satanic temple had installed a display in the Capitol building, he found himself concerned over its presence. And he basically said, this isn't rocket science. He goes, whatever you have an emotion, whatever emotion you have looking at it online, it's completely different when you're actually at the Capitol. He said, I'm an American. I've been in the Navy my entire adult life. I've fought to protect this country. I wasn't fighting to protect Satan. We say, so help me God, not so help me Satan. So he's making reference to his oath of enlistment. When he enlisted in the Navy, he didn't raise his hand and promise to protect the Constitution, so help me Satan. He continued, he said, it became very clear to me that this couldn't stand. It was intolerable for for me to be there. And so I did what I did. And he said, well, and so what isn't being reported in the popular media is that after he cut off the, 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 the satanic statue's head and threw it in the garbage, he literally cleaned up some of the debris he went over to security, and he turned himself in. He said it really boils down to God is good, deserves praise, Satan is evil, and does not deserve praise. He said the devil is bad, and it's not something that we should promote. He also responded to those who charged his actions with a public, like a public relations stunt. He said, I certainly saw this ahead of time, but I didn't have a full plan of what I was going to do. There was no plan. There was simply an immense dislike that I had seeing it online. The Satanic Temple released a statement calling the destruction of its holiday Satanic statue disheartening. It said, but it only strengthened their resolve to advocate for religious pluralism and freedom of expression. Again, the question, is it wrong to hate Satan? <laughs> I'll be back with more on this. 303-873-1935. Hey, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking about the man who is being charged with a hate crime (laughs) for destroying a statue of Satan 
in the Iowa Capitol Rotunda. So it kind of begs a question. 303-873-1935, that's the number if you want to join me on the air. Someone once asked me, does God hate Satan? Another way of asking the question we could ask, does God love Satan? And the very simple answer is, no, God does not love Satan. Well, wait a minute, I thought God was love and and that he loves everybody. But the truth is, God does not love Satan and he does, and neither should we. God cannot love that which is evil and unholy. And Satan is the manifestation of pure evil, pure wickedness. Jesus said he was a liar and a murderer. He is referred to as the enemy in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where it says, be sobered and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's called the evil one in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Another translation says, evil one. So it's interesting. There was a lady in a church who had a reputation of just having something nice to say about everybody. And at one point, the pastor said, um, <laughs> I'll bet you would have to, you would have something nice to say about the devil. And she said, well, you do have to admire his persistence. But I'll have more. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Eric, welcome to the program. Hey, Gino, thank you. You're um, welcome. Right now we're, we're taking a look at Romans 13 and trying to understand submitting to uh, government authorities. And the question that I have is w- when it comes down to a government system that goes against God's word, wh- wherever it is, United States, some other country, doesn't matter. What is the Christian's response supposed to be? Because if it's to resist what's being uh, mandated, is, is, is then our response supposed to be, okay, well, then take me to jail. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rebel against your law. H- how do we respond? Yeah, I think, I think that your question incorporates a, a number of different things. The first is, to your point, what does the Bible say in Romans chapter 13 about the subject? The second is, well, w- are there exceptions? And what is civil disobedience? Because civil disobedience is when you resist the government's mandate, whatever that mandate might be. And so in Romans 13, Paul is explaining the, to, to a Roman audience who happens to have as, a, as their Roman emperor, Nero, who was, right. I know this is going to sound shocking. He, uh, imagine Vladimir Putin, worse. Kim Jong-il, worse. Joe Biden, worse. He's worse than all of these guys. And then put them all together, and he's still, Nero's still worse. So 
Paul talks about that everyone that 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 one reason we should submit to the government is for conscience sake in Romans chapter 13 verse 5 he says therefore one must be in subject subjection not only to avoid God's wrath but also for the sake of conscience so basically he's he's appealing to your conscience and my conscience and say obey now in the broader context Paul is educating the readers about righteousness and how to and what constitutes righteousness and the need for righteousness and the practice of righteousness. And then he says everyone ought to be subject to authority because authority is established by God in Romans 13.1. Governments have an important stewardship in, in applying authority properly. Um, as far back as Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, when government was invented, then God gave to humanity the right to kill under certain circumstances. In other words, in order to deal with murder, because human beings are made in the image of God, Paul makes reference to the fact that government's God-appointed assignment is a part of the authority that's established by God. And so, therefore, if you resist authority, you resist God. So, now, to your point, so the government can take life, but that actually seems to imply after a judicial process, a just judicial process, can the government murder its citizens for no reason? My answer would be no. The Bible doesn't teach that, and we don't advocate for that, and we don't believe that. So... Even government can resist God when it comes to exercising authority. So is it possible that government can use their authority for that which is wicked and evil? I think the right answer is yes, they can. But Paul is pointing out first we have to begin with the premise that authority is a servant of God for good. And just because people abuse authority, it doesn't mean that authority in and of itself is bad. You get that. Hopefully everybody gets that. So, so the government is designed to uphold righteousness and to punish wickedness. And right. so it's, it's designed to reward good, punish evil. And so Paul's point is, in a government that's designed to reward good and punish evil, you shouldn't fear the governing authorities if the government is wielding actual authority properly, while those who do evil should rightfully fear, he says. So Paul is recognizing that there are two reasons that a person ought to submit to government. First, submission to government helps a person avoid wrath or punishment, according to Paul. So practically speaking, one who is not submissive to government will likely encounter wrath from that government. But the one who's submissive to the government will, will all, who is not submissive will also be worthy of God's wrath because resisting authority is, in, in effect, resisting what God has designed. So the re- second reason Paul mentions for submitting to the government is for conscience sake, which I talked about earlier. 
And because rulers are designed to be servants of God, chapter 13, verse 6, believers ought to render tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, honor to whom honor is due. So it's the Christian's duty to obey the laws of the land under which he lives. And again, Paul gives the, the reason for conscience sake. And um, and if we uh, if we honor God, we're going to honor authority. So that begs the question, when is civil disobedience allowed? And I think that the answer is when the government requires you to disobey God. Mm-hmm. And then in those instances, whatever, whatever might qualify as that, it, the, the Christian then just accepts whatever consequence comes well, from that. For instance, P- Peter and uh, P- uh, Peter and, and James wind up in prison for preaching the name of Jesus. They go to jail. Martin Luther King Jr. in civil disobedience winds up in a Birmingham prison. They, they didn't say run for your life and hope for the best. Um, Paul, though, as a citizen of Rome, uses his citizenship to try to compel the government to operate according to its own judicial standards. Boy, thank you. It's been helpful. I appreciate it. Isn't that, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? This is Gino Dracy. I'll be back. 303-873-1935. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gino Geraci. Let's see who's up. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Gino. Uh, I hope I'm coming through clear enough here. Um, I'd like to start by saying I consider myself evangelical. I am a Satan hater. But I think that... um, you know, the way that we really have to look at this, in my opinion, is, you know, what's lawful. And, you know, we have elections have consequences. And we've gone down the route as a country uh, electing people that don't really, whatever, you know. I don't right. agree with no, that. no, yeah, and I, don't I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I actually don't disagree, disagree with you. We, so again, should he be charged with criminal mischief? I think so. Is he? Did he yes. commit a hate crime? Did he? So, so did he commit a hate crime when people were tearing down the statue of Jefferson, Franklin, uh, Robert E. Lee? Were they committing hate crimes? Do do they hate America, and is it a is it a good idea or a bad idea to hate America, or do do people have the right to hate America? I, I'm going to suggest maybe to your point, you can correct me if I'm wrong. People are allowed by law to hate America, but they're not allowed by law to commit crimes that are unlawful. Right. The I agree se- with. Yeah, uh, and, and then I guess- the, go ahead. I guess my point is, you know, the same laws that we're going to use, and I believe very soon, to say, hey, you can't persecute me because I'm a Christian, those same laws protect these people 
you know, and allow them to put this display up. Right. And, 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 yes, and, I, and vandalism I think is, is wrong is and criminal. Crime. Right. And I yep. think that the next thing that I would, would suggest, or at least that we need to talk about, is that it's different when the state or the government compels you now to bow the knee to Baphomet or Satan or cover your heart or pinch salt or somehow honor Satan and and just go, here's what we want you to do. We want you to honor Satan. And you go, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, that wasn't the case here, was it? I I I don't think so. I don't think that there was a, a, um, Compulsion on the on 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 the the government's part to honor Satan, but rather to honor a person's right to love Satan, worship Satan, and uh, obey Satan. Now, this is sort of yeah. again a, a, a murky area, and let me tell you what I mean by a murky area. The murky area is: Does the government have a responsibility to protect the rights? of people who are committed to destroying that government. <laughs> to, so you're laughing, well, but, but you understand my point. My point absolutely. is imagine, imagine a group says we exist to overthrow the government. So again, now we, we, we have this kind of problem and the problem is, is there a lawful way to change the government and is the, are there unlawful ways to change the government? Yeah. I, you know, for, you know, in my opinion, we have been electing people that have been trying to destroy the traditional United States. Right. And, and you know what, the people who voted them in, they're getting their wishes, aren't they? Exactly. Exactly. But I guess my point is, is, you know, I'm not sure that if I was a Satanist, if I were a Satanist, that I wouldn't look at this as a hate crime. You know, uh, as I think that the way that it's being looked at by the people that have started this is they're they're laughing. They're saying this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted Christians to whine, you know, when the government, our our governing documents actually protect a person's religious liberty. It doesn't say just protect Christians or, okay, we'll protect Christians and Jews, but not Muslims. You know, it's not that way. And long story short, you know, I mean, people, this whole thing from my opinion, is is just playing right into their hands. This guy shouldn't have done this. You know, it's not right. legal to des- to vandalize property. Right. I think no matter the, what your motivation is. Well, and and see, this so, is that this is the duplicitous, perverse, and hypocritical position of the government which says you can vandalize property, you can tear down yep. statues of Robert E. Yep. Lee, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, 
you can tear down those statues with no legal impunity. And you whose van- fault is that? Well, again, it's it's the fault of the people that we've elected who say, "Hey, wait, I, excuse me for excuse me for being me, but I thought you elected me to protect people's rights, property uh, under the law. If you want a different law, then we can change the law, but under the law, people have a right to their property and their and certain right. freedoms." Yeah, people have, you know, uh, if you don't like the statue of Jefferson, you can't just tear it down. You vote in people that will say, we need to take this down. You know, that's the way it's supposed to work, in my opinion. You know, it's interesting. You know. Yeah, no, no, I, I think I do know. And that's why this is also very interesting as if now accusing the person of a hate crime makes the crime more heinous. So th- this is the other thing that I that I find interesting. What is the difference between a crime and a hate crime? Yes, I I totally understand where you're coming from, and I do not. You know, I've got a little bit of a legal background, and I do not believe that that was an appropriate codification in law you know that is you can't do that because that is a subjective uh standard more subjective than the rule of law can protect exactly imagine you have a parent who is slowly poisoning their child and they're they've been diagnosed with munchausen's by proxy they think they're helping their child but because of a psychological mental emotional however you want to characterize their belief they are killing their child and they think they're motive they're motivated by love but what they're really motivated by is insanity yeah. But, it's, but it still results in the harm of the child. Does it, does it make it any well, less harmful? It, is the negligence mitigated by love or hate? Right. Or or I couldn't bear to bring this child with this supposed deformity into the world, so I'm going to have an abortion. You know, or, I, I or, think that really... Or I found out my child has a deformity after it was born, and I couldn't bear the thought of having a deformed child, and so I killed it. Or let it die, you know. Correct. Yeah, I think we're just living, we're living now with a country that's turned its back on God, and the Bible tells us what happens when that happens. So, here we go. Here we go. This is Gino Tracy. 303-873-1935. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.